welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, president of Westminster Effects. You can go buy crap at westminstereffects.com. Give us your money. We'll give you guitar pedals. You can support the show at anchor.fm. Uh, you can also give us your money and we'll give you more crap. Uh, and you can, uh, what else? Like and share Instagram and go. Facebook and leave us a five-star review if this has done something good for your life. Even if it's been detrimental for your life, share the show. Mm. And uh, we, Yes, yeah, let, it, yeah. let it ruin others as well. Yes, we just want the, we just want the attention. That's all let we're it, doing. Let it tear for. their preconceived notions of American Christianity asunder. <laughs> yes. Uh, one, Bradley Cox is not with us today. He's out of town, but we Lame. do have, as you've already heard. Lame. Oh, I'm supposed to say something else. John yes. Ross, Westminster Effects artist, Augsburgian Christian, uh, Snow Bunny from Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, I do not envy you right now. Yeah, 15, uh, 15 to 18 inches, somewhere in there. This is the most, uh, I mean, we get snow, so it's not like, oh, my God. I mean, although some people are, oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know. I got mud tires. It's all right. Um, but uh, uh, there's the long pause for my paragraph. Um, this is the most we've had in like a single, like short time frame. Uh, geez, since like 97 at the, at the most recent. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty thick outside. Uh, but that's all right. I got a big snowblower. I yeah. Can... You can keep all that crap over there. Our high was 72 yesterday. Mm. Here in South Carolina, and uh, I did notice that friend of the show um, from uh, Mayhill, New Mexico, um, Matt Hensley. Matt Hensley, goodness gracious! <laughs> I I know the name of his church. I know where he lives. I haven't had enough coffee out of my Westminster Effects uh, tin coffee mug available at WestminsterEffects.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I hear that he's uh, he's getting some accumulation uh, down there in the southwestern states as uh, as well. So mm. uh, nope, yeah. nope, 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 not not where you. Uh, do you guys ever get any sort of like accumulation? Yeah, we do. Uh, I, I mean, you might once, maybe twice a year, mm. maybe if you're lucky. Um, our only accumulation this. Winter so far has been a couple of weeks ago. Our high was like 35 and we got some flurries that stuck for about 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. And so it was just, it was, it was basically frost. Mm. <laughs> it was not much more than that. Um, which I, I am not a big fan of snow, uh, particularly because I'm too injury prone to play tackle football anymore. Oh, and I that was, was, I was, was gonna really su- the only reason that I, I was going to suggest it's because you're so white, you get lost. Uh, you're not wrong about that. Uh, <laughs> however, uh, back in the day, growing up, like playing tackle football in the snow was fantastic. Mm. Uh, you know, especially especially once you started uh, wearing through the snow layer, and then it just became slick. Sure, and, and you know, slide 10, 15 feet anytime you hit the ground. It's like the fr- it's it's like the friction episode of Magic School Bus uh, for uh, <laughs> for any people of a similar generation. Yes. No. Yeah, so uh, things are pretty busy here at 
in uh, in Westminster effects land. So I figured, how about we just do an Inquisition episode and have a little fun with it? See what happens. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've uh, we've continued to get fantastic uh, participation in the Inquisition posts, and you know, we've done a few of these lately, these Inquisition episodes. But I think that's okay. You know, working through the backlog. Um, it may be, uh, maybe giving giving uh, uh, ear to some of uh, some of the less squeaky wheels, uh, so to speak. We'll we'll see where it takes us. What do we what, yes. do we what do we have first? So as is tradition, we start with Brian Morris, mm. who who asks if you could start a band with any member from the podcast lounge. Who would it be, and what genre? Ooh. Okay. This 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 is a this is a difficult question for me because members of my current band are already in the lounge, mm. so, including my wife, uh, and and uh, our third guitarist Hunter, and let's, let's and re- our drummer Zach, and I I don't remember if our bassist Sean is in there or not. Let's reframe this a little bit instead of saying out of any member of the podcast lounge, any member of the podcast lounge you have not previously done a musical project with. Mm. Have we done a musical project? <laughs> we, we haven't. No. <laughs> we need to make that happen. We do for giggles. Hmm. Uh, my answer. I'm. So if it were if it were a duet, Ben Horton all day long. If it were just like like yeah. a duet project, there there there's no question there. Like like, uh, and just if you haven't listened to the Hope Arsenal project. Just do it. Yep. It's it, it's fantastic. Um, Tim's album is fantastic. They're all good. They're all good. <laughs> they're, they're all good. Um, as as is everything Ben Horton tends to do. It's a it's it's an undergirding theme. Uh, definitely. Uh, as as well as doing the uh, pedal art for Westminster Effects. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and friend to cornhole players everywhere. Um, uh, if it were an ensemble bass, I think I would honestly love to do something with uh, Matt Paraguay. Um, the way uh, that uh, that he describes his musical background, what he's doing currently with the kind of uh, uh, gospel R&B infused thing is really interesting to me. It sounds like it would be super fun. So I'm trying to find, yeah, it's this one. So fun story about Ben Horton and his music. For some reason, whenever I plug in my phone into a car audio system, it automatically goes to his album, the dweller. Okay. Uh, iPhone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it has, however, that album has become the soundtrack of misery for my wife. We went a couple of years ago to Colorado and she sprained an ankle. Oh no. One of uh, our Airbnb for one night was after three and a half miles of dirt road. (laughs) And every bump in that road uh, just jarred her ankle even more, and it was all to the soundtrack of the Hope Arsenal. <laughs> you know, still to this day, that's part of the reason why I can't listen to to Blink One Eighty Two for any uh, any long amount of time. Um, 
when uh, when I got my first car, uh, I was I was 18 at the time when I got my first car. It was a, a 98 Pontiac Grand Prix uh, with the supercharger, and it was a piece. It was a pile. I didn't care because it was it was red. My dad's first car was a Pontiac and a leather heads up display, and uh, and when you laid into it, it hit the rev limiter and did the ring. Yeah, it was it was. It was <laughs> everything a growing boy needed um except i i rolled that car within 18 hours of purchasing it um and, and the uh the cd in the player at the time was uh was blink 182 so uh definitely uh, interesting how uh you know it's not just smells but also also songs that come back it's like i remember exactly where i was uh, the last time I listened to that song, um, you know, for the longest time, I would have the same thing with my phone. Um, uh, and it was the U2 songs of innocence album, you know, that, that everyone, everyone got, uh, and, and honestly, I'm a U2 fan. I, I enjoyed, uh, not all of that album, but I, I did enjoy that album. I, I think there was some, the, the production value and it was, was actually quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so every time I'd I'd plug in, and then after that, once I got that off of there, the only two songs I've ever actually bought on iTunes because uh, I try to you know go physical media as we talked about before uh, were the two songs that I had bought off iTunes for my wife and I's wedding, um, and uh, it was uh, "Praise the Lord, the Almighty" the acoustic version uh, of it, and so every time it would it would pair to Bluetooth, it would it would play that. So nice, uh, yeah, nice. Next question. Uh, and again, I've been told that I haven't, that I don't know how to pronounce this name. So dude, you, you got to correct me. You can't just tell me I'm wrong. Uh, Farrick, Farrick Zendeli, however you say it, would you rather live through a second prohibition or have guns banned? So this is, a, I, I believe he lives in Hungary, somewhere in mm. Europe. And so asking the Americans what we would rather have. <laughs> do, do we want to lose our booze or our guns? <laughs> <laughs> Neither. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I, if I personally had to choose, I would choose prohibition because, because I don't, I don't drink anyways. Uh, not, not anymore. Um, because I used to, uh, <laughs> um, like that Mitch Hedberg joke. Yeah. I used to do drugs. <laughs> I still, still do, do, but I but used to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that probably as far as like personal impact, um, is, is what, is what I would choose. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I mean, it would take a little more thought if you think about it more on a geopolitical spectrum. But um, what do you think? I, th- I think in, in terms of simply personal preference, like pun intended gun to my head, <laughs> if I have to choose, uh-huh. I, I think I would go prohibition, even though I do. I do enjoy my libations. Um, you know, I, I just bought a, a very nice bottle of Islay scotch. Mm it's just like oh man you just become more manly i was which, always a, i was always a which space I, i've never been super ripped or anything and i wear skinny jeans so yeah. i need help with that right <laughs> i was in, in my scotch days i was always a space side guy and that's fine yeah you know i'm not gonna hold that against you but you know the the eyelay like 
it's like drinking leather and mm-hmm. it's awesome. Uh, but at the same time, I think this is on one side, a lot of Americans haven't thought very well about prohibition. And then on the other side, uh, our non-American friends haven't thought very well about things like firearms, right? Where it, during prohibition, they literally banned something that God called a blessing in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like, hold up. At the same time, we Americans presuppose the right to self-defense, uh, particularly against tyrannical governments, right? And so, and within the Constitution, uh, the right of the people, you know, in the Bill of Rights, uh, that presupposes that the right um, existed before the government, the government only recognizes rights. It doesn't bestow them. Mm-hmm. That's called a privilege. Yes. And so you could you could make the case that driving is a privilege. Uh, the, the government doesn't have to give you a license for that. And any time the government has to give you a license for something, you don't have the right to do it. You have the privilege of doing it, uh, which means we need to have significantly fewer licenses. Does this this mean Cody is not a highway boat captain with a sovereign citizen license plate? (laughs) Uh, If you want, I mean, if you want some entertaining uh, uh, YouTube content, look up uh, sovereign citizen bingo by a YouTuber named donut operator. Uh, Very pro law enforcement. So if that's not your thing, uh, then uh, uh, probably uh, uh, abstain or or go into it with a light heart. But uh, yeah, funny, funny stuff. Yep. Yep. Uh, Next question. Brian Morris asks, what role should imprecatory prayers and Psalms play in the worship service? You know, I actually appreciated Dustin Beeman's comment to this. Um, that uh, that you know his his rec- um, recognition that that all Scripture is God breathed and used for preaching, yeah. teaching, rebuking, so on and so forth. Um, you know, there is a certain amount of uh, of uh, timidness, almost, mm-hmm. um, to. And we're not talking politics from the pulpit here. We're we're talking about pouring out our hearts to God, asking us to align our will with His, um, and uh, and also say what's on our hearts. And yep. and really, if if there is if there is an issue, for instance, California um, attempting so hard to. Um, even if it is is supposedly in the name of health, attempting so hard to uh, to squelch the flame of of the church there, at least for the, oh, yeah. the gatherings, um, then then perhaps uh, the praying of a psalm, asking that 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 the leader be humbled, that noose be humbled, um, yeah. it, it is certainly appropriate. Um, perhaps uh, perhaps that. Uh, isn't uh, proportional uh, to or proportionate uh, to uh, um, grinding him under your feet. Uh, you know, I, I perhaps our prayer, of, uh, praying of a precatory psalm, should be uh, uh, proportionate to uh, uh, to the reason why. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think they they can play a, a very a very helpful role in. Uh, not, I mean, certainly there's a fringe benefit of 
um, validating our own grief of, right. of resonating corporately that, gee, this sucks. Father, please help. Yeah. You know, one of one of the biggest issues in American Christianity is that Christians want to be kinder than God. Mm. <laughs> Um, and God breathed out those imprecatory Psalms. So, uh, I think it would be perfectly reasonable uh, to use Gavin Newsom as, as another, uh, as the example again, uh, to say, God, would you grant him repentance? Uh, would you, uh, you know, save his soul and, you know, regenerate his heart and all that. Uh, but if you don't, will you break the teeth of the wicked? Mm. Right. Um, like that's, I, I think that's, I think that's probably a pretty good approach, right? If, if you're not going to bring that, then judge him, you know, so we can carry on with our lives trying to glorify God. Right. Absolutely. Am am I off there? I don't, I don't believe so. I mean, I, I think the only thing that we need to keep in mind is, is the, uh, um, the foundational aspect that, that, God's will be done, right? I mean, that is that is something that that we ought to that we ought to include in our prayers. Thy will be done. It's it's not just a phrase in the Lord's prayer. I mean, it it undergirds our entire prayer life. Um, that you know, while we understand that we have our requests, we have our our petitions. Um, that God is sovereign, but not sovereign from a tyrannical sense. He is He is sovereign, working all things for the good of those who love Him, and those are reminders that that we need to have. And when we pray an imprecatory psalm or something of that nature, with that understanding, uh, it seeks to focus on God's justice rather than our own butthurtedness. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. you know, I, I think coming into it with the right mindset and the right scriptural understanding is important, obviously. Um, but uh, certainly I think that, uh, that your, your suggestion, your, your example would, would be an appropriate use uh, thereof. Yeah. Uh, so keeping in uh, themes of balance and such, Matthew Winter uh, asks, how do we navigate uh, being unified in the body of Christ, uh, but also the having the call to right doctrine. Uh, basically, where's the balance between unity and theological gatekeeping? Mm-hmm. And are the, the hard R, I guess, capital R, truly reformed types often too far toward gatekeeping and not enough toward unity? And if so, how do non-confessional but generally reformed guys like ourselves, well, I would call myself closer to confessional than not, uh, like ourselves help solve the problem. Mm. I I really think this is a case by case basis. I really do. It it just happens that guys like, um, uh, I I particularly think of guys like R Scott Clark, if I remember correctly, uh, who basically just hates everyone. (laughs) Let me make sure. Yeah, I don't want to don't want to sully the name of something that only hates a few people. Right. Yeah, it's our Scott Clark. Yeah, he just he just does not like anybody but himself. Um, he he has a lot of good theological thoughts, but he is, I think, far too quick to uh, not quite anathematize, but maybe ostracize others within the Reformed tradition. Um, when maybe maybe a, a softer approach would be more appropriate. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so those guys do exist. Uh, but at the same time, uh, what are we unifying around? Uh, like that's, that's good point. That's the most important question. And I, I think of uh, like the white horse in sure where, where you have, a Presbyterian, a Lutheran, a Reformed Baptist, and they're highlighting what they agree on. But at the same time, they do have significant differences. (laughs) And, and, and if there is a question over, is our church going to baptize babies or not? You can only answer that in a, in a binary Mm -hmm. it's, it's yes or no. Um, And same thing with several other questions. And so it's, it's not so much, and and this is getting more so into denominations. uh, Denominations aren't so much about, you know, we have everything absolutely right. So everybody else can screw off. It's more so these are our convictions and we're going to worship according to these convictions. Mm -hmm. So why would I be uh, irritated at a Lutheran for wanting to adhere to Lutheran doctrine? (laughs) Sure. Right. I mean the uh uh I don't I don't remember the the exact phrasing but it's uh oh what is it in in essentials unity uh help me out here code uh in non essentials yeah, uh, I don't know yeah it's it, it's something all in all lines, but in but, all things charity yeah that's right and I mean, there there is a sense of unity where we can confess Christ together. Right. That does not mean our understanding of all the minutiae needs to align to raise with one voice and then saying, Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, the begotten Son of the Father. You know, in, incarnate crucified and resurrected as the propitiation for our sin i mean there's there is there is nothing that uh infant baptism versus believers baptism or uh even necessarily uh real presence versus uh, kind of remembrance meal in in the lord's supper or even our understanding of things like perseverance of the saints or limited atonement or things like yep. that, there's nothing that those things can do or should be able to do that can sever the unified confession that Christ is Lord. Now, right. those things differ in our understanding of, of the revelation of Scripture and how the <laughs> mechanics behind that provision of God uh, work. Uh, but a lot of those things are not not everything. I mean, obviously, uh, the uh, the real presence piece and the the baptismal piece, the the sacramental pieces um, are are a difference of how how is God involved in this event? Um, those differ there, uh, but that doesn't change our understanding, uh, or at least it shouldn't, of the salvific work of Christ on the cross, which is our unified confession. Um, yeah. And, you know, there there are some pieces where, uh, you know, for, for instance, you know, we had the question a, a month back or so, is like, um, you know, if you went to a church that, that practiced... Uh, uh, real presence. Would you commune? 
alongside somebody if you don't confess that yourself. I mean, right. Heed the call of of Paul. You know, guard the consciences of the consciousnesses of those around you to the glory of God and and to to their benefit. Um, I think that's where that charity piece uh, comes in. Um, but when it comes time to stand up and proclaim the Apostles' Creed, do so with one voice, as the entire group of uh, of the church on earth does likewise proclaiming the good news of Christ. I mean that is where our unity is. Uh our the 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 gatekeeper portions um you know should be used to guard the heart of the flock. Uh yeah, which is why there's there's pieces of uh um you know in in some uh like the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod you know they have a very gatekeeper approach to a lot of the things that they do including their worship services um but they do so partially out of church tradition um but also partially out of wanting to guard the consciousnesses of their or the conscious what word am i trying to say conscience Guard the conscience. I guess that is the plural as well. My, my apologies. Guard the conscience of their congregation uh, as as well. Um, but at the same time, I we can be we can be assured that our unified confession uh, remains uh, Christ the crucified. Awesome. Uh, next one, Hunter Chapin. By God's sovereignty, if He ordains us to do good, but also through ordination allows people to follow uh, their selfishness and sin, then is secular music really okay to listen to if it's created by the non-believer? Ergo, can good truly come from what is not holy? Uh, or is the issue that our boundary lines for secular and Christian are not where they should be? I think I really think that that second question is kind of the kicker here. Um, we we have this such a hard line between secular and sacred uh, in American Christianity, uh, where really for the Christian, you know, shouldn't everything be you know sacred to, in a sense? Sure. Uh, um, and and that's that's not to say that there's uh, no difference between sacred and profane. Yeah. Profane as in common. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if all of life is to be worshipful, uh, then if something doesn't in an ultimate sense drive you to thank God, then maybe you shouldn't partake in it. And that line is going to be different for different people. Uh, very true. Um, you know, that, that dividing line between, uh, secular and sacred has, um, has has been drawn rigidly, uh, you know, in different parts throughout history. Um, yeah. n- not not too long ago, um, having having percussion within the worship space was crossing that line uh, into something that would be considered rock and roll. Uh, right. Something that was uh, um, the the devil's work, uh, so to speak. Uh, but. I mean, the, the, I, I think the, 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 the first question is kind of revolving around really our definitions of what is good and is, is a mushroom risotto perfectly created good in the sense of on a, on a sacred level? 
Uh, and that begs the question is like, does that mushroom risotto uh, incite us to give thanks for the farmers, for the chefs, uh, for mm-hmm. uh, for the, the bounty uh, that God has brought forth from the earth? Um, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's just a bowl of food. Uh, but if if it's so good to our human tastes, it doesn't mean it's the Lord's Supper. It doesn't mean yeah. that it's a sacred meal. It means that's a dang good bowl of rice, and we can give thanks for God in that. Um, I I think uh, you know, like I, I mentioned this before, is is I'm kind of a closet Iron Maiden fan, and the content of that music, it, the content itself, is not what I would consider glorifying to God or helpful in a Christian walk, but the music itself is created in a way uh, that, that from my human tastes and human preferences uh, I appreciate. Uh, Can I give Mm -hmm. thanks to God for maiden? Can I give thanks to God for, uh, uh, (laughs) for uh, any, any number of, of other, uh, artists who who wouldn't be caught dead, so to speak, um, being a part and parcel to a prayer giving thanks to God for their music. Um, can those things be enjoyed uh, by a confessor of Christ? And and, and really, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, if it's something that drives us in thanksgiving to be like, you know, thank you for not only the gift of music, but for the ways that we can create it. Thank you for tubes and walls of, of Marshall half stacks. Like, thank you for these things that create a sound on your earth that we have not otherwise heard. Thank you. Um, Yet at the same time, as we thank God, we also ask him, uh, to keep uh, as we enjoy these things, whether it be as we enjoy uh, a risotto or whether we enjoy uh, metal, uh, let's let's ask God to keep us thankful for what it is, but also focused on Scripture so that we may measure it against Scripture and guard our hearts, so to speak, um, so that it becomes not something, so so as to prevent it from becoming something uh, that would lead us down a path uh, that we ought not go. You know what I find interesting, and, and side note, uh, obviously there are, there are some songs and some artists that Christians just should not listen to. 100%. Right. Like, like the whole WAP craze going on, like that is not fit for Christian consumption. Um, But, you know, this I I only ever hear this question in regards to music. Mm. I never hear it in regards to uh, TV shows. You do hear questions of, you know, is this particular TV show, uh, fit for Christian consumption, you know, that, and that's a fair, a a good question to ask, but you never hear this about TV shows, about movies, uh, news coverage, even, you know, should we only listen to Christians do news, news coverage, um, and stuff like that. And, and I do think that we need more Christians in, uh, the media, um, you know, bringing, bringing a Christian worldview into that, um, but you never hear that. You know, I um, wonder, I wonder if that's because 
that music is something that exists in not not to draw a line but exists in both worlds that yeah i mean we do have christians in in the news media in christian news media that primarily report on the news of the church and christianity right um, you know but that 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 still has that that feel of two of two worlds not two kingdoms we're not we're not getting doctrinal here it has it has that that cognitive uh uh bright line and yeah i i think that that's why music often gets focused on or is is because they music exists in in both even even music for the sake of listening pleasure exists in both worlds Mm -hmm. and on top of that as we think through this, it, it could be possible that it's because music can be so infectious. Mm, you know, yeah. a, a song gets stuck in your head, a, a hook gets stuck in your head, but a quote from Monty Python and the Holy Grail <laughs> doesn't get stuck in your head, right? Sure. You don't sit there replaying uh, the Black Knight scene <laughs> of him being gradually dismembered <laughs> over and over again in your mind, but but the hook of that super catchy song does. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe there is something more to that. Uh, I, I think that's worth exploring down the road. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so let's switch gears here. Uh, Justin Darty asks if I'm ever going to develop a polyphonic octave pedal. Probably not. You could call it. Po- <laughs> you could call it polycarp. <laughs> oh man. And have have like a rainbow, but it's it's just a bunch of fish as the colors of the like the NBC logo, except it's a bunch <laughs> of fish. You call it carp. <laughs> oh man, that's brilliant. You know, uh, this but- this happens from time to time when Cody dismisses something, but then I give him an idea and he feels forced to do it. Now now uh, I have to do it. <laughs> What was that other? There was another thing that uh, that was similar to that that came up not too long ago. That was like, oh, now I have to do this. Yeah, I don't remember. But uh, like, there's some of some pedals, uh, such as a polyphonic octave or uh, like a shimmer reverb or any number of effects, where I would have to delve into the digital world of the Spin Semiconductor FV1 chip. Uh, which which is meant actually it's the first uh, chip meant for guitar pedals mm. and that's uh, the walrus descent I'm pretty sure the walrus slow like basically everything walrus does that's digital is FV1 uh, JHS has a couple of pedals based off of it I'm pretty sure um, uh, what is it Mr. Black uh, with the supermoon, uh, pretty much all of his stuff is based on the FV1. It's a it's a really versatile chip. Uh, does a lot of different things very well, and I think actually uh, Big Ear with the Albi is uh, is also an FV1 project. Mm. Um, so that just goes to show, like it can do a ton of different things. Well, you know, I think uh, I, I think the 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 root here is uh, is. Is Westminster Effects is the business plan to be the only builder that pop that can populate a board for any style of music? And and I I don't know if I would say yes from my pers- from from my observations. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I I think that uh, that the brand has not only, I mean, the 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 tone, the build quality, uh, the the product uh, aside, um, I think that uh, that the brand fits in a place that not only allows us to to have some fun uh, with uh, um, with our our lives in the church. Uh, but also do so in a way that uh, uh, that gets some really great tools uh, to the players at mm-hmm. at affordable prices, right? I mean, because right. that's that's a big thing. I mean, because because like the the dually is is essentially it's it's really the same sort of shtick as a king of tone, but you don't have a wait list, you don't have a four hundred five hundred dollar right. price tag, uh, you know. And and what's what's the real difference there? Uh, I, I would argue there, there's not one, but people do choose the dually over the king of tone. Um, does it, does it mean that, uh, either is, is better and and no, it doesn't. It means that we have preferences, but there's a point with polyphonic octave, uh, generators that we can also say, Hey, Mike Matthews did one heck of a job with the pog. Or yep. we, you know, we can say that yep. the sub and up is solid or whatever, yep. and and support that. Um, you know, I've I've I went down that road. Um, I uh, I had two different versions of of uh, Rick Matthews, uh, the Matthews effects, the the chemist. I had V one and, and V two, uh, chorus kind of vibe, phaser and uh, and octave, and. You know, I and I, I went that route because it's like you know everyone uses the sub and up, everyone uses the pog. I wanted something different. I wanted something versatile. Well, it turns out there was a difference that if what you really want is is polyphonic octave, there's a reason why people have gone to the pog for so long, right? Because it's so yeah. good. Yeah, one of the issues with with the polyphonic, particularly polyphonic, because monophonic octaves are pretty easy to build. Uh, but then again, you're stuck to playing one note at a time. Um, the, with the polyphonic, the issue is always going to be tracking, mm-hmm. uh, is, is how, how does it actually respond to what you're playing? And if there's any kind of lag latency or artifacts, uh, like screwiness in the tone, then it's going to ruin that musical experience. And, uh, so that's something where, uh, uh, a big bloomy reverb it doesn't necessarily have that issue because, well, yeah, there's going to be latency. It's a reverb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be exactly immediate like an octave does. Yeah, exactly. Which is you know why uh, uh, things like what is it? The RV6 has the octave mode. The Keeley's Cavern V2 has the octave mode. The Shimmer mode, and uh, and. And they do they do great, but if you really listen to it, there's you know there is glitching there, um, but uh, the fact that it's a reverb does in fact uh, kind of mitigate uh, some of those things. Uh, right. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe one day we'll see you do a a glitchy sub octave that that is wired like a monophonic, but is intended to be just glitch noise. You know, it's the the Westminster Effects version of the Miku. You know, that, that could be a thing. Um, <laughs> and it's just RC Sproul. What's wrong with you people every time? <laughs> just every. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be that hard. You just have uh, you just have a gate uh, that uh, that whenever it, it hit the threshold, 
would just play a wave file. Yeah. No, that wouldn't be that hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. More gear stuff. Ryan Eigel asks, of all the new guitars that have been announced for 2021, what's, what do you think is the best? And I honestly haven't. Oh, really I, well? I haven't either. And, and, you know, I think that's honestly the, the issue with, uh, uh, with no Nam is sure. There was, there was online, the believe in music events, things like that. But, um, you know, I've, I've tried to be and, and successful in being more content, uh, and, and being completely content with, with what I have. Yeah. Um, and I, I thank God for that. Uh, 100%. Um, I, uh, um, I'm, I'm set and I, and I adore it. Um, but you know, there, I, I still love to watch the NAM coverage, you know, the, the, the new, and it's not just the new stuff. It was the new stuff being presented by other people and, and things like that. Uh, that was like, Hey, this is good entertainment. And I found out about this new thing. Um, I, I honestly, I have no idea what new guitars got, got released. Um, right. If, and if, I, don't, if, I don't either yeah if you want to if you want to chat about that and, and learn more i would suggest you go check out friends of the show uh over at the effects loop podcast uh scott hamilton jonathan diaz a couple of members of the podcast lounge uh host that show where they do uh regular run-throughs of uh, of gear news small talk banter cody and i have, have both been on the program uh a few times yep. and uh uh, you know, they do a pretty exhaustive uh, uh, editorial coverage of uh, um, of that sort of news. So um, I I have no clue, uh, honestly, uh, what's what's new. It, it, a, a strat. I don't know. Pick the new strat. It'll be better than the old strat. It's a strat. You can't go wrong. And it'll be better than whatever uh, whatever nonsense. Uh, gibson's putting out i knew you were gonna say gibson <laughs> man like it, it hurts me that gibson has gone to crap so much mm. uh like my my flying v was my first real guitar sure you know and just the fact that like they they're just not what they used to be and i would i would rather if i was going to uh buy a brand new guitar which doesn't happen often um, if, if I had to pick between Gibson and Epiphone, I'd get a higher end Epiphone right now. 100%. The quality control is so much better and you actually get what you pay for, mm-hmm. uh, at this point. Yeah, so, um, also, didn't they just buy Mesa? Yes, they did. And, uh, which just means all of the heads are going to break. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and to be, to be fair, Mesa's in the last 10 years haven't exactly been the most reliable uh, pieces of equipment in general anyways. Uh, So uh, can't wait to see where this takes them. But, but dang it, they do sound good. That's they do. Um, Now I will say, uh, and this isn't like a new release or anything. uh, Our bassist, Sean, who I previously Mm -hmm. referenced uh, just got in a custom Ormsby. Ooh. Metal X. Uh, it is. It is very pointy. Um, <laughs> I could probably make it P dubs, <laughs> but uh, I, like the the amount of detail that went into that guitar is absolutely incredible. He brought it over last night. The pickups are very high gain, but very defined. Mm. And I hate. I hate Floyd Rose 
bridges. <laughs> however, oh, however, I actually didn't mind this Floyd Rose just the way it was set up. I guess where it was maybe it was just sitting higher up on the guitar than Floyd's normally do, or something yeah, like I don't that. Know. You this know, was Floyd- like. Very Floyds enjoyable are, guitar. The Floyds are kind of like, um, I think there's like at least one person in the room. Kyle, Kyle Bibster will will get this. Uh, Floyd Roses are the Rochester Quadrajet of the guitar world. Uh, it's it's a carburetor that they're crap unless you know how to adjust them. Then they're brilliant. Uh, so mm. I, I think that's the thing there. You know, it, it reminds me of of a post I saw, I don't know, Gear Talk Praise and Worship or, or something, and someone was like. I'm looking for a new guitar and I see, you know, I see you guys playing all these ones by, by, uh, Elliot or Ormsby or Sewer or, you know, whoever. And I mean, these are thousands and thousands of dollars for, you know, for a brand new T type or a brand new S type or a brand new J type. Right. And why? And, uh, the uh, really the thing is 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 the it's the the personalization the customer service the fit and finish yep. uh, is, is the, the craftsmanship there. Um, but uh, you know, I, I honestly think you know with brands like Epiphone or or with my Guild Starfire uh, that's that's up on the wall, it doesn't have to be made uh, in a woodshed in in North America. Uh, to have yeah. <laughs> meticulous attention to uh, to detail, and that's not to belittle these other mm-hmm. brands who who are uh, rightfully charging not only what people will pay, but what the value that they place on on their materials and in workmanship. That's perfectly yep. fine. Uh, but there are others who place a lower value uh, on their yeah. materials and workmanship. But that doesn't mean it's a lesser instrument. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you can, I can make a. Uh, a Mexican Telecaster, plenty serviceable. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, give it a good setup and you know, you, you enjoy the guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is something to be said for something like that Ormsby or even shout out my friends at Lyman, their, their American made stuff where it's just like a lot of attention went into this. 100%. Right? I mean, there, there, there's a, there's a level of, uh, of, you know, is, is craftsmanship and then there's a level of artistry and yes there's there there's a difference there there's certainly a difference there yep. um and and we're not purporting to say that you know a 700 dollar uh imported epiphone that's that's mass produced will be a better instrument from an artistically crafted perspective than in ormsby we're not we're not saying that uh, right what we're saying is that you you just it's not a hard and fast rule that has to be built in our shores to be good. Right. Um, Yeah. All right. Final question from Brian Morris, who asks, since NAM isn't happening this year, do you have any, what would be NAM gear announcements coming up? And yeah, I'll give, I'll give one uh, that's, that's coming up and the circuit board design should be done by the time this comes out. Hopefully Kyle. Yeah, Kyle. Let me know how Kyle. long I needed. Let me know how long I needed to delay this episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he he did say that the the layout should be done today, and that is the Luther Tap Tremolo version two. <gasps> yes, shut your mouth. Yes, John, version oh. two of Old Marty, best so. tremolo in the world. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm simplifying some of it um, in, in that, uh, at least in my experience, I never heard of anybody actually utilizing the tone or symmetry knobs. I leave symmetry uh, and, uh, and tone at just o'clock. right at noon. Yep. yep. So uh, it'll it'll still have that same functionality in terms of waveforms and tap divisions and uh, all that good stuff. It'll still have the harmonic mode. Um, but it will be shorter at the very least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it won't be as gargantuanly tall uh, <laughs> with that 1590C enclosure. It'll be the 1590BBS, which we have uh, for the E89 and Dually version twos. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll also have uh, circuit board mounted everything, you know, soft touch switching, all that good stuff, all the stuff that's become standard for Westminster. Um, but for the Luther, this is, this has just been one of those things where it's, I've kind of dragged my feet on it because, uh, building version one was a chore. Sure. Well, it's the <laughs> but, same reason why you dropped choruses for so long. I mean, the, the Whitfield yeah. chorus was, yeah. was a pain in the butt. Yeah, exactly. So this one will be much less of a pain in the butt. I'll, you know, it'll have surface mounted uh, components, so they'll be more reliable, um, etc. So I'm I'm pretty excited about it, and I think most other people should be too. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I fully expect this is my call to arms. It's my call to your wallet when this drops. Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge. Buy it. Buy all of them. Make Cody them. rue the day. That he announced this, uh, give him so much work uh, in the name of Tremolo. In the name of Tremolo, yes, very good. Uh, yeah, so uh, I guess that about does it for us mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, very thank good. you all. For, yeah, thank you all for very all of your questions. all of your questions and and input and and uh, uh, vitriol and and you know <laughs> very various other. Uh, interpersonal dynamics that that we have with one another and and we can we can thank god that we uh uh as we said before that we all align uh together on the confession of yeah. christ as king very very good call on the various and sundry uh, <laughs> interpersonal dynamics which may every now and then include a little bit of vitriol yeah I, I, that is one thing that i didn't mention in the start if if you enjoy what you hear and you would like to chime in, hit us up at the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook and join in the discussion. And yeah, we'll see you later. Okay, bye.